The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Hey, Jody, I am totally ready. Let's do this, right? Let's do it. Yeah, um, it's so exciting. I know, you know, and today is Valentine's Day for those of you who are following along. And um, yeah, happy Valentine's Day, Jody. Little self love. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we're talking about one of my favorite things today, and that's like women in business. Oh, I know. I love talking about this too. Did um, you know I'm a woman? I did. I actually did not know that. I'm so glad to know that now, Jody. I mean, I, I am too. You know, and um, but and I'm in business. <laughs> we, I, yes, we both are. And um, what's exciting, I think, about the guest today is that she, she was in, um, you know, Wall Street. You know, she was working the corporate life. You know, um, doing in a traditionally male-dominated field. Yes. At Lehman Brothers and J.P. Morgan. So cutthroat, male-dominated, aggressive, competitive. I don't know what else, you know, words we can throw there. But um, Deborah Chen, who's on the show today, she trans, you know, she sort of took that and started a website, an online platform for women entrepreneurs and executives and basically covers a variety of topics, career, style, beauty, lifestyle, travel, influ- you know, talks to influencers, and also offers trade secrets. So we're, we're really, I'm psyched to have her on the show today. Aren't you? Oh, totally. Because, you know, um, I don't work in a traditionally male-dominated field. You know that, right? <laughs> For those of you at home listening, Jody does work in a male tradi- of a traditionally male-dominated field. And um, yeah, you, you've had to you know, smash some windows yourself. Yeah. But what I love about, you know, our guest today is she kind of took that and now she's doing something that's, I would say, female driven. So she took all of that experience and she really focuses now on female entrepreneurs. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So without further ado, let's let's introduce Deborah Chen. She is the founder of Vanity and Trade, uh, an online uh, platform that gives Trade Secrets for the Working Women. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Liz and Jody, for having me so much on your program today. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're so happy that you're here, too. So so tell us, you know, about um, Vanity and Trade. And I've been on your website, and, um, you know, so maybe, maybe in your own words, why don't you talk about Vanity and Trade and your mission? 
Sure. So, you know, I think the, the story behind it really begins with my background. Um, I think it's important to kind of uh, talk about the things that I've been through and how I got to uh, launching this platform. Um, so, like you guys said, you know, I started with two of the largest investment banks back in the day, J.P. Morgan and Lehman Brothers, and my role was being on the trading floor, basically elbow to elbow with some of the most aggressive personalities, um, completely dominated by men, and, um, you know, I, I, it, it, was, um, it was a challenging environment, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and and from there, you know, I have tons of stories. One day I'm going to write a book about this. But um, okay, good. You know, from <laughs> and from there, um, I wanted to do something that took me out of the the trading floor environment, um, and maybe out of the whole office environment. So I wanted to do. Um, I got into investor relations and strategic communications, which is essentially working with publicly traded companies and traveling all over the world, introducing them to investors. And, um, you know, that was much more of kind of like the fantasy in my head when I decided I wanted to be in business. Um, So from there, you know, I launched my own agency, consulting practice, advising CEOs from all over the world um, on their capital market strategies. So I was working with um, a lot of CEOs in China, South Korea, South America, U.S., um, and Europe. And it's funny because getting out of the trading floor, I started working with these executives, and I felt like I was back on the trading floor again. Hmm. So, um, especially, you know, when when the, 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 I guess, the women's roles in Asia, in some parts of Asia, um, it was still, it's still not the way it is in the U.S. And I, and I feel like we're getting mm-hmm. a lot better here, but it was very backwards. And, um, you know, just going through some of it, it was, um, it posed another set of challenges. Um, and so the genesis of vanity and trade really began when I had my first son, back mm-hmm. in 2014, and um, I realized I didn't let any of my clients know that I was pregnant, and mm. towards the end of my pregnancy, I just stopped visiting them, um, and wow. I did my job remote, and then had my kid, um, and I started writing, you know, I was back into work the second week. Um, I was writing press releases, and 15-page scripts, and, you know, the truth is I realized that I was very fearful of letting people know that, you know, I was having, that I was basically a mother now, and Mm -hmm. so because of that, I realized, you know, there's not a lot of resources out there to help women, um, to help them find inspiration and support from other women going through the same thing. And a lot of our role models were all doing it, but they weren't telling you how. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, Vanity and Trade really emerged from, you know, my own personal journey. I made it my mission to interview movers and shakers within the industry to talk about their stories, their struggles through articles and interviews. 
Mm-hmm. So this is amazing to me because like this was in 2014 you had your son or your child. Yes. yes. Wow. So like you think, wow, that that wasn't that long ago. And yet there's still that feeling that, you know, you were you weren't ready to like say, hey, I'm a I'm a working woman and I'm pregnant and, pregnant. you know, <laughs> and and that's OK. So to me, that's really interesting culturally because I think. You know, that was just a couple of years ago. And I know when I, you know, first had children, my children are now teenagers. And then I remember kind of feeling the same way. But I, I guess in my perception, I was like, gee, I think like things have changed since then. But it's interesting to me now to hear that, you know, they really haven't changed all that much. Sure. And, and you know, that's, that's a really good point because all of my friends, they, they work in corporate America. They have... Um, you know, the, the the office job and they have health insurance and, you know, I'm, I'm not like that. I, I don't, that's not the path that I'm on. Um, and so mm-hmm. as a consultant, as an entrepreneur, I have to take care of all of that myself. And so to your point, um, you know, all of my friends, they took off their three months um, for, the moment that they had their baby, but for me, as a consultant, I'm working predominantly with CEOs who are, you know, in the capital markets. They don't really take the time off, and I certainly couldn't take the time off to advise them because I really felt like I was going to get passed up for the job, you know, letting my personal life interfere with the needs of my clients. And was so, that real? Was that hard for you? I mean, were you ready to come back to work after two weeks, oh. or could or do, were, could you have used more time? Like, did you you felt the obviously? It sounds like you felt the pressure to be in front of the CEOs so you could be there for them, whether you were ready right. or not. Yeah, right. Um, no, it it definitely wasn't. Um, I did it very quickly. I also have the personality where I didn't want to be lying there and communicate, you know, I, I didn't want to be just kind of resting either. It was, it was kind of strange for me. Um, you know, I, I was bonding with my child and I was also, you know, I was kind of straddling between, between motherhood and still hustling. And mm-hmm. that was very difficult. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I kind of feel like maybe that, that's a bit of my personality. And it, mm-hmm. if I could have yeah. had it my way, I probably would have wished for some time off. But I think most of it was driven by the fear of not being able to um, get back to my job. And, yeah. and I think some of that, too, is like you know, even now my children are older and I, I think you still deal with the idea of hustling versus motherhood when you do, when you are an entrepreneur versus when you like live in corporate America. Right. So I don't know if that ever goes away. And also probably the pressure of that industry. I mean, you know, working with, um, CEOs in, you know, investments and, and, um, just the, the high caliber of like, they're probably their demand and need, you know, probably had a, an impact as well as like the need, the desire to keep hustling as an entrepreneur. So, um, it just sounds yeah, challenging. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I and one I want to preface this with that you know when some of the clients found out that I did have a child, and this would be like months after it actually happened. Um, they were very supportive. Mm-hmm. But there was also a layer of that where, you know, my colleagues and people that, I, that, that were funneling me some of these the, the deals in the business, which were men, would say, hey, maybe we just shouldn't mention this. And I kind of went with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't really know. I mean, I think I didn't really know what was the right Thing to do. I mean, I want. I wanted to make money. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to hustle. I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, I had. I got my A game. So, mm-hmm. you know, there there definitely was, you know, um, there's definitely you know some some things that I had to struggle with during that period. Yeah, and, and did you have did you have any um, say women who were also in that position? to sort of help you make decisions or to mentor you during that time? Or did you feel like you were pretty much alone? I, I felt like I was pretty much alone. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think as a, a lot of my friends had kids then, but like I said, they, they weren't on the same kind of path. And um, I didn't really know anyone else. Which this has changed a lot, obviously, because after launching the platform and speaking with so many women, I felt like, whoa, they, you know, they got me, and 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 I understand, and I've learned so much from speaking with them. But before that, I, you know, I would do these Google searches, and I really didn't come across anything that felt like it was a supportive group. You know, mm-hmm. that I that I can find inspiration and, you know, I can hear stories of other women going through the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you search, what you find is like the mommy wars, right? It's like the stay-at-home moms versus the working moms. Exactly. Like- <laughs> and the mommy blogs are doing so well. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And because there, there's, a, there's a lot of really great content on that, but the ones where it was, how do you empower yourself? How do you own your, own, you know, own your motherhood, but also turn that into something creative and be able to, you know, be on your A game to, to hustle for work. Right. That, that so was we're, kind of stuff that I was not seeing. So, Deborah, we're going to take a quick break, um, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, vanity and trade and how that got off the ground. So stay tuned. Okay. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. 
Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Deborah Chen. She's the founder of Vanity and Trade, a uh, thoughtfully curated content destination for the empowerment and development of female entrepreneurs and executives. And we've been just talking to Deborah about her experience um, having a child and and running a consulting agency, a global consulting agency, and also the beginnings of of that of vanity and trade. And and Deborah, so I'm curious, you know, once you had the idea that you wanted to start this website, what happened? How did you sort of get it out there? How did you create the content? Who helped you? Give us the scoop. So that's a really good question. Um, I, I guess the way that everything came together was I, I knew I wanted to write a book. And mm-hmm. so on one of my walks with my husband, I said, hey, I really want to write a book, but I'm calling all these people and I'm not getting any callbacks. And he was like, well, because he's in the entertainment space. And so he knows how all of this works, you know, um, in terms of um, people getting book deals and, um, and just how building a public persona was so important. And he's like, well, nobody really knows who you are. And the first thing you do, you've got to take baby steps and you have to start... Um, you know, you, you need to start writing these articles and maybe you can start with interviews. And that's, that's, that's really how this all kind of emerged. Mm-hmm. And so I met with a web developer. I found out in terms of design how I wanted this engine to run. I wanted it to be just a platform of content um, that had to do with everything related to the working woman. You know, mm-hmm. the working woman loves fashion style, travel, um, beauty, and of course, you know, ultimate career tools in how-tos and interviews with, um, with influencers. And so putting a lot of thought into that, 
working with a web developer on making it happen. And then it was just um, conducting a lot of interviews with friends, with colleagues on how and on the on the stuff that they were struggling with. What did they want to know about, you know? Um, and I have to say the early on articles had a lot to do with fashion because I felt like that 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 was one of the feedbacks that I was getting. You know, it, it was very difficult sometimes for women, you know, and I, I, I want to say that that changes a lot now, but there's still some women who say, especially when they work with a lot of men, it's, it, I don't know what I'm supposed to wear into the office. I don't feel comfortable in some of the stuff, you know, that Ann Taylor is creating. You know, what are some cool brands <laughs> that we can actually, right. that we can actually wear, you know? And, and so that became kind of a fun project, but as that um, progressed and evolved, it, it's become a lot more on the influencer interviews now and mm-hmm. on how-tos, um, mm-hmm. which, which I, I absolutely love. And did yeah. you give up your consulting business completely and say, okay, I'm going to start this um, website or this platform, or did you kind of like like kind of slow down on one and ramp up on the other. Um, that and that, that's a really good question. I have not given up on my consulting business. I think ultimately that's going to be my bread and butter, and that also keeps me relevant in my industry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's like the whole juggle, the art of the juggle, which is I have my full-time gig, and then this is my side hustle. So this is kind of my passion project. Mm-hmm. And I think for me to continue talking about um, the, th- the struggles or my journeys, my successes, I need to continue doing what I'm doing, which is being an entrepreneur in this space. Yeah, it seems like the the platform is a really great channel to work out some of the struggles. And I mean, not just your struggles, but also other women's struggles, you know, working in highly competitive financial environments that are male dominated, which, you know, it sounds like you're filling a gap. Um, You know, I was actually, I was struck like on the website, you have like an about us page and you talk about you know, working in that environment that you had to face some tough realities before finding your own voice, work ethic, and fashion sense in the in the corporate world. And I'm just curious, you know, can you expand a little bit about that and how that, I mean, you talked about the, the fashion piece, but how that actually fueled your desire to start a platform um, full of content for women? Right. Um, you know, so... So I think, I think so far, um, you know, the, the type of journey that I've gone through, I mean, you know, your show is called Let's Get Radical. So I, I'm going to like lay it as, do it, lay it out as, you know, real. <laughs> and <laughs> Yes, please. We like um, it. We like it real. In, in a way that I haven't done so in my interviews. So, you know, I was doing business all over the world. And, you know, mm-hmm. I told my friends if I, you know, when I write this memoir, it's, it's going to be called The View from the Top, um, mm-hmm. from the wine house to the whorehouse. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds really uh, just, you know, it's, 
it's very tongue-in-cheek, but the thing is that when I was doing business all over the world, right, um, I was I was going into these really strange situations. I mean, in China, when you negotiate, you know, I've I've gone into like the rural, the most rural part of town, and had to do shots with executives. You know, like mm-hmm. we would sit around, you know, um, have like being wines and dined by these men who then required everybody to do shots. They actually force you to, to, to drink this thing called baijiu. And mm. it's like this rice wine. And so that was kind of how the Chinese would negotiate. And so you would sit in a room, everyone's chain smoking. They take a two-hour break where we all have lunch and everybody is drinking. And then they would go back to negotiating, and it was an eight-hour ordeal, so I've wow. done things like that, and um, I've done business in South Korea, and as a female entrepreneur in South Korea, it's, it's almost unheard of, and mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was advising these CEOs on how to bring their exciting story to the United States to, to trade on out, you know, the stock market here, and so we would you know, have these long meetings during the day. And at night, it was a requirement for you to go with them to, to these places. And one of the places that we would venture into pretty frequently is called um, a noribang, which is essentially <laughs> um, almost like a, a, a whorehouse. And so, mm-hmm. you know... It, and it, but it was done in a much more classy way. So I, I you know, I want to preface that. And we would go there. Everyone would sing. It was like a karaoke house. Um, they would serve food, wine. It was done in a very, you know, classy way because we were in, in this thing called the Players Club. And um, you know, it was it was just these experiences that made me realize this is this is really, really crazy. I want to kind of shed light on what I've gone through because I'm sure there's a lot of other girls kind of going through something like this. And were you the only woman who was at this, like, event? Like, it was all other guys and just you, or were there any other women who were part of this, like, outing? No. No, the only other women were the women working there. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. Did they take you seriously? They As a CEO, did. because yeah, for for me, it's it for me. Even though I looked like one of them, I didn't speak the language, and mm-hmm. I was so Americanized that mm-hmm. they knew that I was their conduit to trading on the you know the stock market here mm-hmm. in the U.S. And so they they definitely took me seriously. I also you know went there with. Um, uh, someone that I had hired, a, a, a male, and mm-hmm. so it was. That was kind of the buffer there. Um, yeah, and and that that definitely helped a lot. But you know, um, it was just really crazy the kind of stuff that I saw, and that really propelled me to want to even do like to to want to do this even more, and. Um, you know, it's funny because 
the latest article that I had um, with with an author, Maureen Sherry. She's the author of Opening Bell, and her experience was here in the U.S. And you know, she's pulled a, a lot of women who kind of feel like they've gone through the same thing. Mm. Um, you yeah. know, men high men high fiving other men and daring each other to drink drink the breast milk that was in the fridge. I mean, oh my gosh, those are, wow, those are just a lot of the wild stories. So it happens everywhere. And, and I don't, I, yeah. I want to be careful about, you know, the platform and not making it about a man hating site, you know, because right. I think there's something much more beautiful behind that, which is celebrating the female and empowering them. And there's so many qualities that we have that we can hone and make you know, and, and, well, and kind of, and as difficult him. as that situation was for you to be in, I just think about like, that's pretty cool that you were invited to the party, right? Like, and I know like, it's right. kind of a weird feeling, but I've been in similar situations where I'm kind of like, like, I don't believe that I, that this is happening around me. And yet <laughs> I know that I'm the only woman who was yeah. invited to that party. And I keep thinking like, like, you know, it's just this, this interesting take that you have. And so, like, like I said, I, I mean, it, it, like, even though, like, the behavior might have not have been appropriate, but then on the other side, you're like, wow, like, you got invited to the party where how many other women have never even gotten to that party? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to say, I've done business in Korea for several years, and I started going to the scene, um, Nori Bongs, um, where... I don't even know what the women are called. They're, they, they kind of function like geishas, but mm-hmm. some of them knew knew my name, and they would sit with me and they would say, "What is it like to be in business?" Well, wow. You know, because they were in a different type of business, but what they really yearned for, and you can tell, was just being taken seriously, not being regarded the way that they were, you know, having uh, another path. And I just, you know, I thought it was really fascinating. I mean, I I was fascinated with their life and they were fascinated with someone who was able to be almost on equal playing fields with a man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like such a fascinating uh, situation to be in. And I think, you know, it's interesting what you said, Jody, about being invited to the party. And I think it's I think it's also interesting to to notice or to note that there's still a line. You know, it's not just like you're going to hang out with some businessmen in Korea. It's like it's there's a very descript line between men and and women's roles Um even today, you know, and I think it, I think telling the story, like telling your story about what you've experienced spurs other women to tell their stories. And then we get a better idea of really what what is going on <laughs> in the business world. I mean, I think that there's, you know, I, I think a lot of people gloss over the details and the and sort of the interesting bits. And um, right. I appreciate that you are, you know. Keep it, you know, telling us the real scoop here about what it, what it's really like to be doing business as a woman um, in Korea, where you're doing shots with them, or or in China, where you're doing shots with them, and um, 
you know, it's a day long affair. I mean, it's so, it's just so interesting. So um, I think that's, I think that is really exciting and, and compelling about um, what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I want to hear more about how you actually do this on a day-to-day basis and balance it between being a mom and, you know, running your consulting business and also running a website, which, you know, a lot of people are doing these days, but it's not easy to do, <laughs> to keep coming up with content sure. and photos and, you know, marketing and all of that. So, um, how do you how do you balance that like on a on a day to day basis? Do you use an editorial calendar? What what do you do? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, to be honest with you guys, I, it it's a struggle. It's a struggle yeah. because I I now have two kids. Um, mm-hmm. One is two and a half, right, and then the other one is three months old. Um, I, I, like I said, my consulting business is my bread and butter and, um, you know, it's what I love to do. And then my passion project is what I feel like is my call to action. And so that's a big part of me too. And so these are like my four babies that I have to juggle on a day to day basis. And, um, you know, one thing when I've, you know, when I've spoken to so many women about this is that we ha- we're we good at juggling, um, and there are days that you can't do it all, and so there are times when, you know, I want to write the article, and I really just don't have the capacity for it after taking mm-hmm. care of, you know, two kids and my full-time job. So um, what I've learned from this process is that structure is so important. Structure and routine. And even though vanity and trade, um, you know, even though that's compared to my child, my two two children and um, my job, even though that's kind of my fourth priority, I need to set out and make time for it. And so I've taken a little hiatus the past couple months because I was pregnant and you know, um, and, and I just gave birth not too long ago, but during that period, I've been building content. And so I, I, you know, I'm really happy to be speaking with you guys about this because my series, next series of interviews are going to be awesome. Um, I've, you know, I've been working on this for, for a couple months now. And, um, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but, you know, back to what you were saying, it, it is having an editorial calendar. It is finding things that um, are relevant and, you know, staying on top of what's trending and, you know, doing a lot of research on what is out there and how to be unique, um, finding your voice and, and going by an editorial calendar that you set for yourself and setting deadlines for yourself. So a lot of it, you, you really have to be a self-motivator and a self-starter in order to stay on top of this. Yes, and exactly. And I have to say, you know, that it, it's a difficult thing. And you guys know firsthand as well, um, when you're doing your show, I mean, I'm sure there are days when you're like, ugh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to really, 
motivate yeah. yourself. Yeah, it, it definitely does take some motivation. And, it, you know, I think in all of our endeavors, because, the you know, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So we're going to take a quick break. And, and when we come back, we're going to talk more with Deborah Chen, the founder of Vanity and Trade. So stay tuned. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Let's Gold, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. And our guest today is Deborah Chen, and she is part of Vanity and Trade, which is a media platform all about women entrepreneurs. And before we get back into it, because it's just been this really cool conversation we've been having, I do have to give a quick shout out to Intuit um, as a thank you for sponsoring our show. Anyways, Deborah, I have um, some questions more about the nitty gritty part of business. And I guess sure. my thought is, is when you decided that you were going to build this platform, did you um, like seek any legal assistance or accounting assistance or how did you kind of like set up the business side of it um, as far as launching the platform? Um, yeah, and and that that's actually a really good point because I um, because I already had my company, 
um, I knew how to set this up, um, but I think I take for granted that 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 was my background. Um, I, I spoke with somebody, uh, I guess they, they're like a formation company, and they advised okay. me on how to approach this, and it was just to form an LLC and um, kind of, you know, open up a, an account and, and file. So there are services out there that advise you on how to go about it. You know, they ask the right questions. Are there going to be partners? Is it going to be a sole proprietary, you know, proprietary company? And, um, and they kind of tell you about the annual fees for filing, the quarterly stuff that you might have to do. So did you feel like when you started this, it was like actually a lot easier than when you first broke broke off on your own and opened your consulting because you had kind of done it before or you had a little bit of experience in it? Right. And um, so yes and no. I felt like it was easier because I knew structurally how I wanted it. The hard Mm -hmm. part was, the hard part was, the moment that it became about my voice and my journey, I, I almost had like a meltdown. <laughs> because, and it's very interesting that, you know, my whole entire career, I write for CEOs. I tell them what to say on conference call scripts and their press releases. But when it came time to owning my own voice, I realized mm-hmm. that that was, a, that was a very, very difficult thing for me to do. And so I put so much thought and so much, you know, energy in, in, in worrying about what was I going to say, it, you know, how do I get, I guess, is that really the voice that I wanted for myself? And hmm. I think that was the hardest part of it. So even though structurally I knew what I wanted um, it was definitely harder than just branching off and, and, and doing, you know, and helping other companies because this time I felt like I had a mission and I, I really wanted to get, I really wanted to execute it. Hmm. And so um, developing that voice was, was definitely um, kind of the challenge that I was facing and, and, and then after a couple of times of, you know, trial and error and seeing what worked and having the support of a lot of your friends, um, you know, you kind of, you naturally find your voice. And I would have to say that process really took a couple tries, you know, it's just about when, when people say you throw up and then clean up, <laughs> un- unfortunately, <laughs> also fortunately, that's really how it works. And so yeah. for anybody who's interested in doing something like this, you just got to do it. Stop thinking and just do it. Is that is that sort of how you broke you sort of broke into out of the fear? Is that you just you just did it? Cuz I I, yeah. I mean I I feel like as a writer myself, like I do a lot of writing and editing for other people, but when it comes down to actually writing my own stuff, it's like really hard you know and of course when I do it you know I get great feedback but the actual act of doing it is really really challenging so I think what you're saying is really um yeah I mean I I experienced that 
myself. So, I mean, how did you, how did you fight through that fear? I mean, was it just doing it? Like, I mean, what did you have to say to yourself, like mentally (laughs) to like push through? Yeah. So mentally, when I, when I came to the point where I realized it wasn't about me and it was about other people, it was about Mm -hmm. being able to serve as that platform that would encourage and support and inspire other people, then I was able to really let go. Because, mm-hmm. and, and it, it helps a lot, you know, because I'm interviewing other women. I'm interviewing the movers and shakers, and I'm really the conduit to mm-hmm. the lessons and tools that are supposed to be, you know, out there. Um, and, and so I, I, to stop making it about myself... When I was able to really, you know, rationalize with that, it helped me a lot. And over the process, during the process, I found my voice because I've always had a very investigative journalism kind of, um, you know, I guess, approach. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find myself while I was interviewing others. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So, I mean, while, what has been the response of the of your platform? I mean, how has, you know, have you heard from people? What, what's been, you know, sure. how are people responding? Yeah, so the reception has been really wonderful. Everybody's been, um, you know, not only supportive, but their feedback has all been extremely positive. And so when I first started out, um, you know, it was really with, the idea of fashion and owning your femininity um, in the corporate world. And I threw in a couple articles there about, um, you know, women are not great at marketing themselves. So I would throw in articles about, you know, owning your own power in the business setting, how to incorporate power in your language, what words to say, what words to avoid. And the more I put those on the more positive the mm-hmm. responses were. And mm-hmm. the biggest irony was that my intern, when she, when she was analyzing um, the Google Analytics and the data, she said, wow, half of your audience are men. Mm. Interesting. Oh, and I thought, interesting. It was really interesting. And I thought that was such an eye-opener. Um, and I was getting emails from from men who say they enjoyed reading the articles and they were able to take away from it. And, um, and I just thought that, you know, so that's really making a a difference. And the reason I say that is because, you know, when you look at diversity and inclusion, it really has to start from like it for women moving up. It really has to start from men as well. Right. It's not just if women are the only people talking to women, like they're still going to circle it. It's I love when, that. It's only when right. men start really being engaged in the conversation right. that anything really changes. And they probably, I think a lot of men don't realize their privilege, <laughs> you know, and, and how they use their white, their either their white privilege or their male privilege or whatever privilege they have, um, you know, they might not even recognize it. So they probably, I mean, I would imagine that they're reading your site and they're like, whoa, like... <laughs> I had no idea women struggle this much or, you know, I had no idea that we're behaving this way. And, you know, what can I do as a, as a male to like 
help, um, you know, make the work environment more equitable. Um, I mean, that's what I right. hope that they say when they're reading, but you know, who knows, maybe they want some juice too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think there definitely is so much support, um, from, from the male audience. I, I also feel like one thing we don't realize is that men struggle with different things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were reading about, you know, how, what were words, you know, to avoid when you're in a meeting uh, or, or what words to utilize to make you um, sound confident. You know, those are things that Guys use all the time too. You know, mm-hmm. these are takeaways that are useful for all all people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think for me, knowing even though this was built for women, the fact that men found these um, some of these articles insightful was was a, a extremely positive thing because ultimately. You know, I know this sounds so cheesy, but ultimately, you know, we're we're all one, and and we all have our different set of struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like it was doing its purpose in in terms of educating and um, and helping people. Yeah, it makes it makes the struggle more universal and less about gender and more about right. people. Yeah, right. so, that's so pretty briefly- cool. Before in our last segment, you talked about some new articles that you were writing. So can you tell us a little bit about those articles that you got to write? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I've been gearing up for that next series of interviews, um, and I've been working on that since my second pregnancy. I wrote about this during, in one of my articles, um, that I really hit a creative wall during the second pregnancy. and and so, um, you know, I'm going to encourage your readers to to. I mean, I'm I'm going to encourage your your listeners to read the article, but it's it's very briefly. It's about you know when you have that one child, you're kind of like a mom, right? But when you have more than one, all of a sudden you're like a mom, right? <laughs> and so. I went wow. through some, I went through something psychological where I really hit a creative block, and I think I was struggling with my identity. Who, what? You know, everyone says the second one is a game changer because it's not twice the work; it's like five times the work. And I was, you know, a little bit scared about that. I was uh, afraid of, you know, what it was going to do to me, and um, and and so fear is a huge thing in my next series of interviews. I, mm. I feel like it's such a major, major um, emotion that sets everyone back. And it makes you overthink. It makes you do things that you were destined to do, but you aren't doing. It makes you procrastinate. And so those are the things that I'm going to be working on, you know, on addressing um, in the next series of articles. And I want to touch more on what makes people successful in what they do? The journey of, of the people, their struggle, finding their personal voice, finding that DNA, um, and, and, and about hitting roadblocks, you know, because it's about these moments 
um, it's about these moments of success and failure and fear that people can relate to. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a person that needs to find meaning in everything that I do, and I think that, you know, Vanity and Trade 2.0 is going to be a bit more uncomfortable, but raw mm-hmm. and realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people are really drawn to the vulnerability, uh, you know, and I think, you know, because I remember Jody. you know, I work with Jody on her some of her writing and her editing, and she wrote a column on uh, vulnerability. And um, what was the title of that? Anyways, um, and it really got a lot of response, you know, and I think, and I think re- you know, when you can tell a story that's really personal, um, and I think that goes a real a, a long way because people really identify with the struggle with with you well, know I think it makes you real and I yeah, think that everyone's exactly. like with all the content that's out there they're looking for real content right they're looking for authentic content because there's just right. so much content and they want to connect right exactly so what advice would you give um, Deborah to somebody who wanted to start? A lifestyle, like you know, a, a lifestyle um, platform or or a online magazine, because obviously you know you have experience now. And w- is there anything you would do differently? Um. Well, my first advice is to just go and do it, mm-hmm. right? Because everything is going to evolve into what. You know, instead of putting so much thought, because I, I have to say I put in months of thought into this before I actually did it. Um, and when I did it, I realized it wasn't the way I wanted at first, and I kept tweaking it. But I, I could have avoided all of that by just jumping into it. Um, so I think the first step is have a good plan. You know, don't spend too much time making it perfect and just do it. Um, awesome. The second I- we actually, yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. We we actually have to close the show. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I know I asked you a big doozy of a question, and now we have to like get off air. But um, no. It, listen, everybody, go to Vanity and Trade on Facebook, um, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, Deborah Chen, read the articles, learn a lot. If you have any um. Questions if or you have any questions, I, please email me. I'm happy to walk you guys through there we it. Go. <laughs> and if you want to hear the rest of her answer, email Deborah. <laughs> Sorry <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> um, and if you have any questions or guest ideas for us, you can always email us at Jody and Liz at Let's Get Radical dot org. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. And um, Deborah, thank you so much for being Phenomenal on the show. Phenomenal interview today. Love today, Liz. Thank you, guys. I had a lot of fun. Deborah, it's been awesome. Me too. Me too. And thanks for going with our, um, you know, our timing issues. (laughs) No no problem. um, (laughs) So um, thank you very much. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical.
Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 